The views, thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely that of the podcast contributor and not that of Shine or Sea Change. Welcome to another episode of the Sea Change Sessions with the Little Gale. My name is Barbara Brennan and I'm the project team lead of Sea Change and today's guest host. This podcast is about all things mental health, how we can break the stigma and how we can open that conversation and get more people involved. This month, we've been having more conversations and understanding around what stigma is, looking at the definition of it, looking at the behaviour of it and looking at how it shows up in society. Today, we're going to be focusing on exclusion and how stigma really excludes people and what that looks like in a day to day basis. So not just in the idea of overall societal exclusion, but in, in a really practical, practical way. What is that? How does it show up? And more importantly, what can we do? So we've already learned that stigma is silence. And so one of the ways, obviously, that people can feel excluded is when they feel that people are not having conversations with them. So they may feel excluded from social gatherings. They may feel excluded from family conversations. They may feel excluded at work. That shows up if we look at work in particular, that may show up in not being part of projects. It may show up in being excluded from job progression or it may be excluded from social groups at work and not being involved. The thing is that fear is a powerful leader and it whispers untruths and works on the basis of keeping us blinded to the truth and reality of what stigma really is. So when we're looking at those things and how people are becoming excluded in their communities, it is about why is that happening? So just going back to work for that moment and looking at those projects and those social groups coming together and why somebody might consider excluding somebody because of their mental health issue. Most often it isn't because of the mental health issue. In fact, it's about their perception of what it's doing for the person or what the impact is going to be. And that's the rub that really we need to be looking at. What do I know about this? What information do I have about this? And also, what do I know of this person? So if I've got an experience of a particular person acting a particular way, and then I find out that they have a mental health problem, surely my perception should be about what I know of them rather than what I think is going to happen because I now have this new piece of information. And that's one of the things that we really need to consider is our assumptions. So it is about if there is a project going on at work and we are excluding somebody because of their mental health issue, is it because we're afraid of putting too much stress on them? Is it because we're afraid that they can't cope? Is it because we're afraid that they're going to have a difficulty? If any of those are our reasons, then we need to have that conversation with that person instead of making that assumption and then acting on it. And that's the bit that that actually is a discriminatory behavior. So it's those things we need to be really, really mindful of and how we react in those positions. It really is about having a conversation and asking where that person is, how they might be able to, to do it and how we can help them. So really, it is about in society, where else does exclusion show up? So when we're talking about mental health and we jump to mental illness, or we're talking about somebody who has had an experience of either being diagnosed or they have had um, an experience with difficulty, but they haven't been diagnosed yet and they're starting out on that journey. What we sometimes see is that people get excluded from decisions about their own medical treatment. So for example, if somebody is... Um, 
experiencing a mental health difficulty and goes into hospital or goes through um, a number of treatments with uh, their GP or with their medical profession or whatever medical team they have, maybe decisions are made for them that the person either doesn't have enough information about or isn't really sure about or maybe flat out doesn't want it. When we talk about mental health issues, there are so many different things that we aren't aware of. So sometimes when we think even take a step further and imagine that somebody who is struggling with their mental health might need a, a period in hospital. Sometimes people who have experienced mental health difficulties and are in hospital may be excluded from their own rights. And that might be with a medical treatment. It may be with their will and preference. So there are so many different ways that somebody can see exclusion and be treated differently because of their mental illness. And when we talk about preferences, this might be something where, say, for example, I go into hospital and I, I don't eat fish, let's say. And in that moment when I am being treated for mental illness, if I am being given food that I don't really like or that I don't eat like that, I don't eat fish. And if I keep getting given it, well, eventually I probably am going to say it to somebody and say, I really don't want that. And maybe I'm treated differently because they assume that I don't know what I want or they assume that I'm being difficult because of my mental ill health. And this is where we have additional problems occurring. And it really is about how can I be included in the decisions about my life, about my well-being and about my recovery? Because actually, if we're listening to the person who is having the experience, quite often they know the things that are going to help them. And by taking the power away, it's going to make them feel less valued and it's going to make them feel less capable. So it is about in those support services, how do we find out how we can be more supportive and include somebody? So again, thinking about support services, maybe we see exclusion when somebody has a dual diagnosis, for example, or maybe they don't even have any understanding of where they need to go to get support in the first place. Because when we're talking about mental health supports, it isn't always clear which support would be the most suitable for somebody. So there are lots of different aspects to exclusion that maybe we haven't considered before. And even when we take a step back and we, we think about something completely different and look at exclusion in society, the important services like insurance. So getting life insurance if you're trying to buy a house, that's one of the things that is a massive barrier to people who have experienced mental health difficulties. And for some people, they may never be able to get life insurance because once they've been turned down, it will always be on their record. And those are things that are really difficult to manage how we live in society when we are treated in this way. So it is about how do we include people? How do we make sure that they are treated fairly? And how do we make sure that service providers, regardless of what service they are providing, are not assuming something about the person because of their mental health issue? So it really is about that fair treatment. There are so many different elements to exclusion that we could cover, but like all the other conversations we've had this month, this is a really short one. So today is just about opening the idea of considering what does exclusion look like? And not only what does exclusion look like, but what would that feel like to you if you went to let's say buy a house and you couldn't because you couldn't get life insurance or if you went to your doctor and you weren't heard and your preferences weren't acknowledged and you were given a treatment that you didn't want 
or that you were excluded from conversations at work and you weren't invited to social gatherings or excluded from a project at work? How would that make you feel? These are the things that we need to consider when we're having these conversations and really remembering that fear is not where we should lead from. If we are fearful of this, we should be having those conversations and saying, you know what, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what this is like for you. Tell me about it. So it really is about flipping it on its head and saying, how can we be more inclusive? How can we have more conversations and how can we do this in a different way? And so that brings me to my hopeful message to end this podcast today. We can all make a difference, no matter what is done or what has gone before. And no matter what we think we don't know, we can start now. For those listening, if you've been affected by anything brought up in today's podcast, we've listed the helplines in the podcast description for you. If you want to find out more about what we do at Sea Change, about how to get involved in reducing mental health stigma, or more about our wonderful ambassadors, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or of course, you can see us on our website at seachange.ie. Thank you.